Alright everybody, this is the Bitchin' Brew podcast, episode number two, brought to you by Randon's Reviews. My name, of course, is Danny Randon. Welcome wherever you are listening, however you are listening. Uh, and before I begin, I just want to say a massive thank you to anyone and everyone who has supported this podcast in the first few weeks of its existence. Uh, whether you've shared it with your friends on social media, or subscribed on iTunes or SoundCloud, or simply just listened to the first episode, even that is enough for me to get really excited about doing more of these podcasts. Uh, if this is your first time listening, then welcome to Bitch and Brew. You are fashionably late to this little audio tea party. Uh, I won't go into as much detail as I did last time, but this is a podcast dedicated to capturing conversations between me and musicians or members of the music industry over a cup of tea and biscuits. And it's not even conversations that are limited to music. We just chat about pretty much anything, as is the case with episode number two. I was really excited to get these guys on after meeting them last year and being hooked pretty much from the moment I first heard their music. Uh, The guests on this podcast are from Muskets, they're a Brighton punk band who have been on the touring circuit a few times, Uh, you might have seen them out on the road with the likes of Creeper and Mooseblood, and they've done loads of really cool house shows as well with bands like The New Tusk, Uh, in which case you'll know just how ace they are if you've been down to one of their shows. Uh, I sat down with Dan McKenna, who sings and plays guitar, as well as Dan Smith, who plays bass. Uh, Now, as you will tell from the intro to the actual recording, I wasn't quite mentally prepared to do a podcast with three people called Dan, so they are appropriately known as Kenny and Smith in this podcast. Um, No prizes for guessing which Dan has what nickname. Uh, Anyway, I sat down with Kenny and Smith pretty much an hour after I recorded the pilot episode with Landy. Uh, Landy Hecht from Muncie Girls, of course, and as much as I loved doing the pilot with Landy, I knew that it was never going to be the sort of conversational dialogue that I had envisioned in my mind, and I was totally cool with that. I knew it was going to take me a few podcasts to actually develop that style a little bit more. Uh, That said, as soon as I sat down with Kenny and Smith, all of my anxieties were as good as gone. We chat a little bit about the DIY punk scene, something the band are sort of very integral to in their home city of Brighton, and it's a really nice continuation from what I'd spoken about with Landy so if you haven't heard the first episode of Bitch and Brew not to plug it but you may just want to pause this and go to that first and check that out uh, we also talk about the aftermath of the band's gear theft at the start of the year uh, and how their friends and fellow musicians came to the rescue. Uh, we also chat a little bit about how the Muskets guys met at uh, uni and their time as students. And uh, being the massive Star Wars fan that I am, we even managed to get some Star Wars chat in there. It only took me two fucking episodes of this shit to get that in there. I might as well retire after this. <laughs> Um, Before we dive in, I should point out there are two very brief portions of the recording where the audio quality changes quite dramatically. When I started this, I recorded with two devices uh, simply for precaution and, you know, lo and behold, the better quality audio cuts out briefly on two occasions. So I had to use the slightly shittier quality audio for a portion uh, of this podcast. Anyway, whether you're sitting comfortably or not, let's get stuck in. Kenny and Smith from Muskets. On the bitch and brew. So this is uh, volume edition episode number two of the bitch and brew podcast uh, with Dan, Dan, and Dan. This this is going to be fun. No, sorry. So I'm here with um, uh, how how do you guys want to be called? So Kenny and uh, Kenny yeah. and Dan or Smith, either or. Kenny, 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 and Smith and 
Danny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, so that, yeah. Let's you do be that. Dan. Yeah. I'll be Kenny, and he's Smith. Yeah. Okay. That works. That, that works. Out. Got our names. There we go. That's <laughs> now a good we're off. It's, it's a good start. <laughs> so um, before before we do start the podcast, I'm going to ask this to everyone who's a guest on here. Uh, first of all, welcome to the Bitch and Brew podcast. Thank you. For We're having. here in the beer garden of the lovely boiler room in Guildford. So you're playing here a little bit later on with Tellerson, uh, Muncie Girls and Yearbook. Mm-hmm. Before we start though, uh, can you tell us about what is in your <coughs> cup? Uh, so out of my cup, which has um, a bunch of fighter jets on it, I just have uh, English breakfast tea with hazelnut milk and it's lovely. Um, yeah, someone made a pot of coffee, it looked delicious. It ran out, so I've got instant coffee. So, <laughs> that's pretty cool. With clumps in. From but I got a mug road. with loads of lightsabers on it from Star Wars, and I'm pretty sure that a lightsaber comes out it's, when the... Yeah, it's heat sensitive. Yeah, heat sensitive, sure. so that's pretty special. Yeah. I mean, both, got, both got wicked mugs. So, with the, uh, with the previous uh, podcast, I was drinking the Twining's uh, Cherry Bakewell Green Tea. But uh, now I've gone for a nice milky Assam again. Nice. With cherry Bakewell tea, that's a thing. Cherry Bakewell green tea. What, what's, what's your kind of like, because when I had the sort of pot of tea as mm. such, pot of tea bags as opposed to natural teapot, mm. you, you were quite like, I'll, ju- I'll just have tea. Is that, is that like a, it's, I mean. It's, I'll be honest, man, I haven't really explored the realms of fancy tea. We'll call it fancy tea, you know. I, fancy tea. Yeah. yeah that's, that's cool. If it's, it's fancy just, for us, I guess. Yeah, it's fancy for us. I'm just used to, like, tea or coffee, not, yeah. like... Although chamomile calms you down, so... Does it? You know, it calms you down, does it? Apparently. I've never had it. So, <laughs> like I said, I just stick to normal normal tea. When I, when, I was, uh, when I was working in a hotel, chai tea was always the one for me, because late nights, chai tea is the best. Nice. Um, but of course, please help yourself to a hobnob as well, if you I would will. like. I will. The a they're, not, they're not chocolate hobnobs, but they're still great. Hobnobs anyway. <laughs> I'm in. I'm into it. Speaking of that, have you heard that Aid Edmondson's going to be in the new Star Wars? Are you kidding? The dude from Bottom? Yeah. Way. The I've got a packet of chocolate hobnobs guy. <laughs> Oh, have you seen that film Guest House Paradiso? No. To it. It's hilarious. Watch it. It's really funny. It's got him and Rick Mayo in it, and it's. Great. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's just a really good film. But yeah, right, he's going to be in the new Star Wars. Yeah. What have they said? What's, what's his character? Well, he, like? I, I, they haven't really said anything about the character, but they, there's, there's just it's on the grapevine that Aid Edmondson's going to be in the new Star Wars. I can imagine... What was the dude's name who um, owned Anakin and his mum? Oh, uh, Watto. Yeah. Like, I can imagine him of... to just do a voice for a character like that. It's the... I can't imagine him, his face in it. He's got like, he's got a funny face in it. It's the biggest Jewish stereotype though, wasn't it? Because so it just bad. got slammed for anti-Semitism, that <laughs> yeah. character. It's not the only it's... thing that film got slammed for. It got slammed for everything. I, I don't mind Phantom Menace. This is the thing. I, I like think... the pod racing. That yeah, the cool. pod racing is one of the best things in history of Star Wars. Sabol was such a jerk though. <laughs> <laughs> just needs to lay off. The thing no, is... just misunderstood, man. <laughs> Every, everyone says Phantom Menace is the worst worst of the bunch. Mm. But for me, it goes from the top, yeah. the original, because mm. you can't beat the original. Yeah, you got the, Return yeah. of the Jedi. Solid. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back, which I don't even like that much because I find it too dark for the Star Wars films. Revenge of the Sith, best of the prequels. Mm. Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, which is poo. I, I, I kind of like the creatures when you're all tied up. I, I used to excite me as a kid. I was into that. Creatures tied up. No, <laughs> 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 what no, bit? no, no. Which, which bit do you mean? When they're in the uh, the arena, you know? They're all tied oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, Padme 
pronounces her love. Yeah, man. Oh, it's a good she, scene. She is amazing. She's the one, man. Padme is the one. Have you seen her in Black Swan? No. I have, uh, man. That was an odd film. Went to see that with my girlfriend. Oh. Really, really weird film to go see. Fucking freaky. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know the film. I know of it. Like, it's weird, man. The general it's is. pretty trippy. About dancing and just... It's weird, man. <laughs> lesbian scenes with me, like hallucinations of lesbian, lesbian activity with me, the Kunis. Isn't Winona Ryder in that film and she's a complete cow? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's what I know of that film. Lesbians <laughs> dancing, Winona Ryder's a bitch. We need to know, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose we should probably talk about punk rock a bit shouldn't we that'd be good right? yeah mm. I mean I could sit here and talk about Star Wars all day but I think we've got to kind of get to the point of it yeah somewhere so some something that was um, you know uh, chatting about with Landy on the previous podcast is yeah. the kind of uh, <coughs> line between uh, where DIY punks kind of ascend from being DIY punks mm-hmm. to being a punk band and not DIY anymore Okay. So, because I'm obviously, you know, you guys are getting in the magazines now, which is great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everything's been picking up for you since Spin was released. But I'm just kind of interested where you kind of stand on the on the side of, because you're signed to Venn yeah. and you have managers, do you co- actually consider yourselves to be a DIY punk band? Yeah, I reckon so. I mean, we booked the tour we're on now ourselves, so I guess in that sense we're doing it ourselves. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess that is kind of... I think I think just because you have like managers and stuff, it does, they're not they don't do everything for you, do they? Like mm. they just, you know, there's obviously it's it's a, it's a great help, um, and you know it's it's just adding more people to the team and just like it's great. But there's still that I think it's more of like more of like a f- sort of mentality yeah. you have towards things and sort of an ethos that you sort of bring with you and. You know that doesn't that doesn't change just because you end up in like some publications yeah. or you know there's more people working with you. Mm. You know I I don't think that. I think obviously the DIY punk scene as a whole has come into the press a lot over the past half year or so. Mm. Uh, especially I think the kind of turning point from it where it started getting into uh, the rock press uh, was probably bands like Mooseblood and Milk Teeth and Hindsight's yeah. getting in there and stuff. But I think there is a very big debate around. How how much of this is actually DIY? How much of you yeah. know? And um, and some people there, there there are some people who think it's either all or nothing. You either have mm. to do everything, anything and everything yourself, sell your own merch, obviously lug your own gear. That's that's kind of the basics yeah, yeah, at yeah. this point anyway. But I mean, if friends get involved, say your friend has a label yeah. as opposed to like a professional contact, mm, yeah. and you put something out on that, is that still DIY? Yeah, man. I mean, it's a weird one. I guess it just depends how you view it because. When I was younger, I used to think DIY was like, if you record your band yourself, you're a DIY band. That's what I used to think. And I guess if that's the case, then we're not. But we do a lot of stuff ourselves, so I don't know. It just depends how you view it, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, um, well, I guess for you guys, there is probably... Like, when, when I was growing up and playing in bands, mm. it always used to be exciting if you were able to land yourself a London gig. Mm. But yeah. it was even more exciting if you get to land yourself a Brighton gig. Because yeah. I'm, I'm originally from West Sussex, where there's you know, a small rock scene of the kind of youth centre and Battle of the Bands type thing. Yeah. But it was really exciting when your mate's band or your band yourself got a gig down in Brighton. So I I suppose there's probably no better place to be in terms of emerging from the DIY punk scene than to be in Brighton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
we you know we all moved down there to get a uni and stuff and I think we all had the same mentality that like yeah Brighton was like you hear about Brighton being like oh this you know amazing place with like all these cool bands and all these shows and stuff going on and then when you move down like you're not disappointed like there's so many good bands down there and like there's so much going on that it's it's just it's great to be a part of it you yeah. know and just be around it and I think yeah it London is great, but Brighton is better. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I don't know, maybe I'm a bit biased, but yeah. It's just, um, it's a whole, it's a different, I think it's got a different feel to it, really. It's a lot more sort of a, even though it's a massive place, it's like the community, the punk community is still very close-knit. Yeah. And it's very, you, you get to know everyone. And then mm. everyone's really, really... Everyone's pretty like-minded as well, because I'm pretty sure most people who we play in bands with who are from Brighton, they all move there from, I don't know, wherever they're from, the hometown, to kind of get away from that scene or go get away from their life and kind of, I don't know, pursue their career in punk rock music. So I guess everyone's pretty like-minded in that. I mean, it's cool. I don't think we'd be playing the music that we play if we didn't live in Brighton because we wouldn't hear the music we hear all yeah. the time and stuff. And uh, So it is obviously very much a uni town. Did all of you move down to Brighton? Are there any of you originally from Brighton or no, you all no. moved down mm-hmm. for uni? So, yeah. We all moved, we all uh, moved down for uni, and so we start off. So I met uh, Alex, our guitarist, and the other singer. Who sat here to the side right now? So yeah, just being mighty quiet. Yeah, <laughs> and um, S- say hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but we met um, on a on the university induction day. And then, uh, oh, my hobnob fell in. Ah, <laughs> just leave it, man. Don't try to scrape it out. It's you're, fine. You're yeah, making, I was just like a My My Assam definitely tastes cheesy. It's that yeah. hazelnut milk. Yeah, it's a bit oh, on man, I'm glad it's not curdling yeah. anymore. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we met, um, yeah, we met on the induction day of uni, and it was in Hastings, and gave him, I, we found out we both live in Brighton, I gave him a lift home, and then, you know, that sort of carried on, sort of been mates ever since, but then we just decided to start Aww. a band. It's a good story, though. I like that story. <laughs> That's lovely, isn't it? And, um, yeah, and then uh, kind of went through a few rhythm section changes and then got Smith in and then we got our drummer Joe in. Say um, hi, Joe. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, and then it's just, I think, it's it's we all met at uni. I don't know. I don't know. How, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you tell the time. You forget what we're saying. Halfway I don't know where I was going with that. Like, but well, no, it's. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, we all like. Yeah, we all we all went to uni down there, and I think, like I said, we wanted to go to Brighton for the same reason, and then we just bumped into each other. I mean, here we are now. I'm intrigued. Out of sheer curiosity, what were you studying? Was it was it a music based no. thing or? No, no, no. I did broadcast media, which was like um, to do with like television and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, and Alex did the same thing as well. Uh, and then Joe did drums at Professional Musicianship. I think is the name of it. And Smith. Smith wants to be the next Basement Jacks, so no. <laughs> no. Um, no Smith does. What do you do? I thought you forgot for a minute. No, I don't think you tell. Just a test. You say it. We'll say it at the same time, just so I don't think you've forgotten. Right. Yeah, it's fine. On Three, two, one. one. Music, music production. production. Hey! <laughs> that, could that could have been awkward. Yeah, um, music production. No, I, I did. Yeah, I did um, television, which was rubbish. <laughs> Back to me again. I did television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Speak, speak up. But no, yeah, it was rubbish. It was rubbish. It was. Yeah, it was rubbish, man. Like. It's just so 
this has nothing to do with like band or anything. That, no, that's all. cool. No, no. But, but um, on my th- in my third year of uni, we did this um, module, which the the idea of it was to to get all these like professionals who were editors at the BBC and this and that, and they came in. I think their idea was, yeah, that you know they're gonna really inspire the kids, blah blah blah, and then. Every person who came in was like telling us these horror stories about working in the television industry oh, and like saying like, <laughs> once I got back to my desk and my coffee was cold. Didn't they? <laughs> I don't know. Some of them. Some of them were... Didn't they come in and be like, yeah, the TV industry is dying, and you're like, well, I wish you'd told me that before I enrolled. Yeah. To do, like a course uh, yeah. So they yeah. One good, of... good luck in the industry. Mm. By the way, you're all fucked. Yeah. So it was box. like so this was this really happened. There was a. Um, a presentation one day and um, the, the title of the presentation was Television is Dying oh, and then they great. yeah and then they said it and I, I sort of got put my hand up afterwards and I was like uh, Lance my course leader I was like I bet you don't say it to the kids on the induction days like why would yeah. you say that to me like, that, that's like Gene Simmons the man who's famous for going Rock is Dead pretty much once a year mm. just going by the way DIY punk scene's awesome, isn't it? Uh, Loads of bands coming out of that. Shut up, Gene. <laughs> Gene, elder statesman of the UK punk scene, of course. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uni, eh? But yeah, uni so... Yeah, uni... uni. Yeah. <laughs> but if we didn't go to if we didn't go to uni, we wouldn't have gone to Brighton. True. And we wouldn't have True um, muskets. Yes. So muskets. you know, it's great. Thanks, uni. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, to sort of divert attention back to the DIY punk scene, because that's yeah. kind of the main sort of crux of what I want to talk about today, as okay. well as yeah. what tea you're drinking. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> sorry, we kind of just went off track. Trailing off, yeah. I love it. No, yeah, I love it. No, go for yeah. it, dude. <laughs> off a bench, nice. Sorry, what are you saying? Hygienic. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's mm. lovely. I mean, well, obviously people can't see, but there's some lovely graffiti on the walls. There's some. There's a Chinese takeaway here, I think. Mm. Or I, like... ate, I ate here last time. It was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you have? I had um, udon duck noodles. Udon. Mm. They were they were like little worms. They were they were really good though. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. And um, there's like a graphic designer. So it's, there's a tattoo studio. So yeah, you I guys know, could all get says. tour tattoos if you wanted. Well, no, we are in talks. <laughs> Guildford Rocks on my ankle or something. Guildford Rocks. G1 Punks. Look, yeah. Well, shout out to the G1 Punks for putting this on, and of course to Charlie, um, who is also your co-manager mm-hmm. along with our lags at Ven Records. And um, when when I was putting this together and knew that I wanted to chat to you guys. Um, obviously, I came to see you guys uh, supporting Creeper at the Underworld, mm-hmm. and, um, and that was obviously awesome for you guys, but it came at a time when, you know, it was, it was great to see you guys on stage. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking to Charlie about it, it was just like, yeah, you know, they've, they've, really, they've really done well over the past couple of months, and, um, you know, I, I think they just kind of want to move on from being one of those unfortunate bands who, you know, had what happened to them. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, this has gone like a real bum mood now. So no, no, no. I, 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 I don't really want to like dwell on it because mm. I understand it probably make you guys perhaps a little bit uncomfortable, probably a little bit bored of talking about it. But <laughs> um, to just sort of nutshell it, um, at the beginning of the year. You guys had your van broken into in yeah. Brighton. Yeah, yeah. I, in Brighton, actually, it was at home, and yeah. we'd just finished doing a video, and um, or we didn't get back to the to our houses till like uh, till really, really late, and um, you know we were exhausted and stuff, and you know we just we, we just presumed that you know everything would be okay, and 
you know, it wasn't and the van was broken into and pretty much everything was stolen and but we we put out a post on Facebook and sort of other social media just it was literally just to be like can you keep an eye out for our stuff you know this is what it looks like and we didn't expect anything from that and then people it was overwhelming people were just like helping us out and yeah. they were there was like uh, our friend Stelz he started yeah. up a, a GoFundMe this, this is this is what I wanted to talk about because I didn't want to really dwell on the yeah coulda woulda shoulda yeah this happened yeah. and it mm. happened so like yeah, yeah just I th- I think move on I wanted to talk a little bit more about the positive aftermath so yeah. you know the initial the initial impact of what happened when you woke up in the morning and found your van broken into that shit and it's shit for any band yeah yeah um, and it happens to bands <laughs> all the time out on the road like it happened to Young Guns last year mm. but uh, and they had like their personal stuff nicked as well as like MacBooks and cameras yeah. and all yeah, of that um, but you know bigger bands who are playing bigger venues like that uh, they've um, they've obviously got all the merch um uh, tagged and they've got endorsements mm. so um, mm. so they I mean, can get it all back easily but for you guys it obviously wasn't that easy but if we could just move on a little bit to the more positive aftermath so yeah. you were saying um, the the guys in Scared of Everything yeah. Yeah. great Portsmouth uh, DIY punk band yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the DIY punk scene comes to comes to the rescue so what, what happened with that? well he um, just set up a, what are they called? Kickstarter? No, GoFundMe GoFundMe mm. he just set up GoFundMe online and just posted it around, and yeah, loads of people were really generous and just gave us loads of money, which helped out and put it towards new gear. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I yeah, think really I think good. that's just that in itself is like testament to the DIY scene. I think it's like I said, it's more about an ethos and a mentality that you have yeah. towards other bands as opposed to looking at it just from a spe- perspective of like, oh, they're in a magazine now or they have a manager now, so they they can't be DIY. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's not just that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's to do with do with the community within itself helping each other out and yeah. you know I mean like like Becky from uh, Milteef got when they were in America she got her stuff she got it back like luckily yeah. but she got her stuff stolen as well and it's, it's something which happens a lot to bands and but the especially when you're in a strange land like it's their first time out in yeah, the US man, that's yeah that's what we're so. saying we're just so lucky to like even though it's not lucky getting your gear robbed, like so lucky that we had it robbed in Brighton when we didn't have anything coming up over the next couple of days, yeah. as opposed to like I mean being in another country and being robbed. Did, and did like you that. hear how she initially bounced back before her gear got returned? Didn't yeah. she get gear from Mark Hoppus? Mark Hoppus, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, they were having crazy. breakfast that morning, and he just so happened what you know happened on that day or the day before, and mm. so Mark Hoppus like temporarily lent us some gear while they were yeah, in California. Wicked, that is cool, isn't it? That <laughs> is really cool. cool. If Mark Hoppus gave me a pedal, I think I'd. Cry, <laughs> be like, cry, cry, and we. Yeah. yeah. And if, you, if I got my gear back, I'm like, can I, can I just have this? <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping this now. <laughs> yeah. You gave it to me. Can't have it back. Mm. But yeah, like, there's definitely like a, a positive aspect to be taken away from that whole situation. Yeah, yeah definitely, man. And uh, you know, playing those house shows and getting to know the people, uh, mm. even if they're not in Brighton, across the south coast, especially like mm. the house shows across the south coast. Fucking nuts. I mean, you were at the, you were at that um, Southampton show. Yeah, and that yeah. was mental. Crowd surfing in the kitchen. It's that was my first punk rock house show. Really? Yeah. And um, and the promoter, um, Kate. Kate. Yeah. Um, from the awesome Above the Waves promotions, uh, she's putting together a little documentary right now for a university, and I was interviewed as part of it. And she was like, "Okay, so tell me about the best punk show that you've been to in Southampton." And I could have said. You know, when Creeper opened for Misfits, when Creeper opened for... Basically, I could have said any Creeper gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
but I thought, no, it was the first time I went to a house show, mm. and when I when I saw the DIY punk scene in such just amazing unity, that yeah. you didn't have to be from the same town, you didn't even have to know each other. Uh, like I met you guys that night. Yeah. Um, I don't need to think I met Smith properly, but I definitely mm. met. Yeah, you. yeah. I'm Popping my episode. beer bottles open when I didn't have a bottle opener. That's it, man. Help you out. Help my brother out. All right. How cool was that? That was Bitch and Brew episode number two with Kenny and Smith from Muskets. Uh, if you want to go and check them out, they brought out an EP last year on Venn Records. It's called Spin, which is uh, six tracks of absolutely slamming punk rock uh, with these really cool slacker, almost grungy undertones. It's a really ACP. Uh, furthermore, if you're listening to this podcast when it's gone out, the band have literally just released a new music video for their track, Drowsy. It was the video that they had uh, shot the day before their van was broken into, uh, as was discussed on the podcast, but it's definitely paid off. It's beautifully filmed by the uh, extremely talented Ryan Mackfall of Crashburn Media, uh, whose work I absolutely love, and it stars... Uh, none other than Matt King, who you may know as uh, the character Superhands from Peep Show. Um, I feel like I should give a few shout-outs to some people before I wrap this up who have been fairly instrumental in the first couple of episodes of Bitch and Brew. First of all, to Charlie Simmons. Uh, he's not only Musket's co-manager over at Venn Records, but he also works with some amazing new bands. And he also put on the show in Guildford where I recorded both this podcast and the pilot with Landy from months ago. So thanks to Charlie and to the GU1 punks for putting on a wicked night. I also want to thank Bees, who you may know as co-host of That's Not Metal, which is, in my opinion, the best podcast out there. Uh, he gave me some tech advice and some general podcasting advice before I set this up, and I forgot to thank him on the pilot, so... Big up bees. And the last person I want to thank, uh, it kind of ties in nicely, as he is actually my guest on Bitchin' Brew number three, which I recorded earlier this week when he was in Southampton. His name is Ross Drummond. He plays guitar and he sings in this great new London band called Cheap Meat. And he also hosts a couple of really cool podcasts, one called 1990s Problems, uh, which he hosts with Ali Plum, who is the film critic for Radio 1, and Ain't Talk talking about Van Halen as well, which he hosts with the man who voices Churchill the dog, as he told me. Um, I had a lot of fun recording that one with Ross, so stay tuned to Randon's Reviews for more info on when that drops. Randon'sReviews.blogspot.com is the place to be. You can also hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Randon's Reviews. And uh, fuck it, why not tweet me? At Danny underscore Randon is my username. Let me know who you want to hear on Bitch and Brew in the near future. Within reason, of course. I can't exactly book Britney Spears or anything. Not that I would want to. If you did like this podcast, though, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and on SoundCloud. It's totally free. And if you really liked it, why not tell all your friends about them? Uh, about it. Send them a tweet, a Facebook message, an email, even a, a raven or a, a fucking carrier pigeon or something. Help support Bitch and Brew because it's only just begun. Uh, that's all from me and that's all from Muskets. Thanks for listening. Uh, Bitch and Brew episode three with Ross Drummond is coming soon. Until next time, peace out. Do, do people still say peace out? I know that I know they say peace on its own, but maybe. Maybe peace out is perhaps a bit early noughties. Fuck it. Bye!